Good morning, friends. My message today is titled, The Parable of the Pushy Woman. And this comes from Luke chapter 18. Now, my goal for today is to convince you to be persistent in prayer. I want you to see that God is greatly glorified when we continue in prayer over a long period of time. Or to say it another way, I want us to understand that we ought not to give up when we pray. And to illustrate, let's start with three key scriptures. The first of these is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I hope you notice the phrase, I keep asking. Paul did not believe that if you made a prayer request, you never had to make it again. When Paul prayed for the Ephesians, he prayed the same request over and over and over again that they would know God better. Now, sometimes I hear it said that since God knows everything we say before we say it and everything we think before we think it, which is true, that we should never repeat ourselves in prayer, which is not true. We do not pray to inform God of anything. He knows what we are thinking long before we voice our prayers to him. But if he knows all, why pray at all? Well, the simple answer is one you have heard before. He's God. We're not. We pray to express our total dependence on him in every circumstance of life. As we continue to pray for the same things for our loved ones over and over, The godly desires of the heart grow stronger, and we are reminded that every day we must be 100% dependent on him. We can't live on yesterday's blessings, and we can't depend on yesterday's prayers. So like Paul, we keep asking on behalf of our loved ones. And second, this is from Matthew 6, 8. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. That means we do not have to impress God or use big words or pray long prayers. We don't have to repeat ourselves when we pray. We do not have to worry about getting all the details correct or throw in all kinds of flowery language when we pray. And since God knows us through and through, he knows our needs better than we do. He knew your need before you bowed your head in prayer. The Bible tells us that he numbers the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore, and the hairs on your head. He even calls the stars by name. You can read about that in Psalm 147. I mean, think about that for a moment. Billions and billions of stars, and he knows the name of each one. I mean, think how flustered you get on a Sunday morning trying to remember that person you met last week. But God not only knows all the people in your church, he also knows every person attending every church everywhere in the world. And more than that, he knows the names of all 7.74 billion people who call planet Earth home these days. But even beyond that, he knows the names of everyone who has ever lived and everyone yet to be born. Now, if God knows all that, and it is not even a strain for him, do you think he's going to be surprised that you're worried about your finances or your job or that your family is getting on your nerves? He knows your thoughts before you think them, your words before you speak them, so pour out your heart to the Lord. Nothing you say will surprise him. And third, from Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples about how they should keep on praying and never give up. Well, the King James Version says that men should always pray and not faint. Persistent prayer honors God because it expresses our complete dependence on him. Since God knows what we need before we ask him, we don't have to repeat ourselves to get his attention. But that's not the whole story. We all know from personal experience that not all of our prayers are answered the first time we pray them. Sometimes we receive immediate answers, but often we must wait 
days or weeks or months or, yes, even years before the answer comes. When I was still a pastor of a church, we had some people who prayed for years for their loved ones. And I know that because they fill out the same prayer request week in and week out. Now, is that a lack of faith? No, I'd say to the contrary. Repetition is proof of faith. I would ask that it sometimes seem, I would add that it sometimes seems that the more something matters to us, the longer we will wait and have to wait for the answer. This is often true when we pray for our loved ones to come to Jesus. Now, in order to help us understand this principle, Jesus gave us this parable of this pushy woman, of this widow who would not give up. Let me read to you Luke 18, verses 2 through 8. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them and he will do it speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now you have to understand that widows had a difficult position in the first century. They were quite literally unprotected. Many became homeless and destitute after their husbands died. Often they were taken in by cunning conmen, including some religious leaders who would devour widows' houses. You can read about that in Mark chapter 12, verse 40. It's a sin that brought a fierce denunciation from Jesus. In order to survive, a widow had to learn how to fend for herself in a male-dominated society. She could not count on anyone to come to her aid, and she had to assume that others would quickly take advantage of her. So this is what we know about the widow in the story. She had an adversary. She could not solve her own problem. She was persistent, and she had a genuine need, and she got what she wanted. Now, this is what we know about the judge in the story. He did not fear God. He did not respect man. He was unrighteous. He did not care about the widow. He was unwilling to help at first. Now, evidently, the facts of the case did not move him, and he had no desire to see justice done. To him, she was just another pushy woman. And note this, his only motive for helping her was utterly selfish. He only helped her because she was persistent. In other words, she kept coming and kept bothering him until he feared she would beat him down with her continual coming. From beginning to end, he does not care about the woman or feel her pain or worry that she isn't getting justice. He only gives her what she wants because she keeps on coming and bothering him. In the morning, it was, give me justice. In the afternoon, it was, give me justice. In the evening, it was, give me justice. I mean, imagine if she would have had a cell phone. The text would have been rolling out every minute. But give the widow credit. She never gave up, and she got what she wanted. And give the judge a little credit, too. He gave her justice, even if he did it for the wrong reason. That's a simple story. The widow got, through the uncaring judge, what she needed. So what's the moral of this story? Well, in order to get the lesson that Jesus intends, we need to understand two key points. Here's point number one. You and I are like the widow in need. Our problems are often two sizes too large for us. And no matter what we do, things get worse. And there are times when the whole world seems to come crashing down upon us. 
We may go weeks or months or even years thinking we can solve our own problems, but the line between happiness is tragedy. The line between happiness and tragedy is mighty thin. It only takes one phone call to put his face down the floor, begging God to help. And point number two: God is not like the unjust judge. The judge was an uncaring jerk who lacked all compassion for the widow. He granted her wish simply because she kept on coming before him. But friends, if that is true, why would Jesus use an illustration like this? He seems to be calling us to persistence in prayer by using as his example a man who is nothing like our Heavenly Father. I think that explains why Jesus used this unusual illustration. If persistence wins over an unjust man... Think what it does with my Father in heaven, who actually cares for me. See, persistence works on earth. It works even more in heaven. So Jesus brings the point home with three questions to ponder. Here's question number one. Will not God bring about justice? The answer is yes. Question number two. Will God keep putting us off? The answer is no. And the third question is, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? The answer is, maybe. Will he find faith in your place of worship? Will he find faith in your family? Will he find faith in your heart? I recall meeting an inmate on my first trip to Angola prison over 20 years ago who told me that he had no interest in anything of Jesus or the church. But he told me that I seemed like a nice guy and for real, as they say in prison, and that counted for him. Now, over the years, I have stopped to talk with him when I see him and continue to invite him to our classes or to evening worship. And each time his answer is no. But after one conversation several years ago, I told him, Friend, you have no idea how long I have prayed for you. And not all my prayers for you have been answered. Yet. I leave you now with one final insight from the story. I have already said that the unjust judge is not like our Heavenly Father. Yet the judge is like him in one respect, and we will not fully understand the parable unless we grasp this truth. The unjust judge delayed his answer for unjust reasons. Our Heavenly Father delays his answers for righteous reasons. I mean, what else could Jesus mean when he refers to the elect who cry out to God day and night in verse 7? I mean, sometimes God seems to be like that unjust judge. We often feel that way, especially when we cry out to God for our loved ones and the heavens seem like brass. I mean, even the most righteous experience periods where God seems far away and uncaring. I mean, there's no way around this reality and we should not deny or pretend that it isn't there. See, the question is not... Is God like the unjust judge? The answer to that question is no. The question is, however, what will we do when it seems to us that God is like that unjust judge? Will we give up or will we continue to pray? The parable makes no sense apart from a full theology of God as a father who not only loves us, but who also knows what is best. And here we come up against the bedrock of God's sovereignty. And it is precisely at this point that good theology will save us. You see, friends, if we think God is like the uncaring judge, then we will get angry and stop praying. If we think we have to talk God into loving us, we will become cynical Christians. 
if we think our persistence convinces God to do something he would not otherwise do, then we will end up thinking our prayers are more powerful than God himself. But if we believe that God is a Father Almighty, who loves us without limit, who knows what is best for us, then we will cry out to him day and night, believing that when he answers, it will come speedily, quickly, just in the nick of time. So why then is persistence important? Well, here are two key insights. One, the one who knows the answer must be able to give it. And two, the ones who seek the answer must be able to receive it. Persistence, as someone has said, is the great instructor in the school of Christian growth. I mean, God does not become more willing to answer because of our persistence, but we may become more capable of receiving the answer. Persistent prayer does not change God, but it does change us. It purifies our motives. It forces us to confront our hopelessness and helplessness. It distinguishes deep-seated desires from fleeting whims. It makes us ready to receive God's answer. It humbles us so that God alone gets the glory. And let's be honest here. Many prayers we pray should not be answered because they are so shallow. I mean, if God answered every prayer the first time we prayed, we would soon become complacent in our faith. Because God conditions his answers on our persistence, we realize how helpless we are and how totally dependent we are on him for everything. So what are you praying for right now? A family member to come to Jesus? A loved one with cancer? Victory over that stubborn, stubborn habit? Wisdom to make a big decision? Guidance for the future? A prodigal son or daughter? A marriage on the rocks? A pastor for your church? A deeper walk with Jesus? A growing love for others? Deliverance from a critical spirit? Grace to forgive those who hurt you? Hope for the future, money to pay your bills, relief from discouragement or physical healing or a friend in deep need or courage to keep going or strength to make it through another day or boldness to share Jesus, to be an honest-to-goodness, everyday gospeler. Well, let me add one more thing to that list. You're probably thinking, that list is big enough. Well, I'm going to add one more. Pray for persistence. Pray for gritty determination to hang on to the Lord until one of three things happens. God gives the answer, God changes the circumstance, or God removes the burden altogether. God is greatly glorified, friends, when we do not give up in prayer. Not all of our prayers have been answered yet. Do not give up and don't stop praying. Keep believing and keep on praying. You never know what God will do. And all of God's people said out loud, Amen. Friends, it will do your heart good and probably start startle the people around you when you shout out that amen. But when God has answered a prayer that you've been persistent in, maybe you should tell other people, and maybe together with those other people, all of you can shout amen. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And we are witnesses. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion. God bless.